Welcome to the Albany Update with Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. Now, with this week's Albany Update, here's Jason McGuire. Thank you for joining this week's edition of the Albany Update. Let's begin today's program by looking at a life issue at the federal level. Legislation that seeks to undermine and invalidate over a thousand pro-life laws across America has been introduced. We'll tell you more about it. Then, our office is still receiving many inquiries regarding the status of the investigations against Governor Andrew Cuomo. Today, we'll discuss the latest. Continuing the state discussion, we're pleased to report that before the legislative session concluded, it passed a bill that our organization has been advocating for that will benefit not only New York's farmers, but also those needing the services of food pantries and emergency shelters. Finally, June is Pride Month, 30 days dedicated to advancing and celebrating a view of human sexuality that defies not only biology, but also biblical beliefs. We'll discuss how a Christian can approach this propagandizing. Let's get started. On June 9th of this year, Senator Richard Blumenthal, a Democrat from Connecticut, reintroduced the so-called Women's Health Protection Act in the U.S. Senate. Like New York's Reproductive Health Act, otherwise known as Governor Andrew Cuomo's Abortion Expansion Act, and many other pro-abortion proposals, the name of this bill is designed to camouflage its true nature. The Women's Health Protection Act, or the WHPA, is not intended to protect the health of women or of anyone else. Rather, this pernicious legislation would invalidate many of the 1,300 pro-life laws that have been enacted across the United States since the Supreme Court issued the Roe v. Wade decision in 1973. The pro-life SBA list refers to this bill as the Abortion on Demand Act and contends that it would void current state pro-life protections and force newly passed pro-life laws to be approved by the Department of Justice before going into effect. According to a biased and slanted report from NBC News, the WHPA would, quote, prohibit state and federal lawmakers from imposing several limits on abortion care, including mandatory ultrasounds, waiting periods, admitting privileges requirements, and limits on medication abortion, end quote. The WHPA has been introduced in each congressional session beginning in 2013, but has not received a vote. The bill may take on a greater level of urgency for abortion advocates this year because of Dobbs v. Jackson's Women's Health Organization, a major abortion case that is pending before the Supreme Court. So long as U.S. Senate rules continue to require 60 votes to bring a bill to the floor, passage of the WHPA will remain difficult or impossible. If, however, the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs strikes a blow for the cause of life, Senate Democrats will be placed under intense political pressure to change Senate rules so that the WHPA and other left-wing wish list items can be enacted. Next up, while the 2021 regular legislative session in Albany has ended, Governor Andrew Cuomo's troubles have not. On June 7th of this year, the Wall Street Journal reported that the federal government has issued subpoenas seeking information about Governor Cuomo's COVID-19 memoir American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic. The U.S. Attorney's Office, which is currently investigating the Cuomo administration's cover-up of the number of nursing home residents who lost their lives to COVID-19, is looking for communications about contracts and marketing materials. 
The persons subpoenaed were people, including state officials, who helped to edit early drafts of the book. While Governor Cuomo has dismissed the suggestion that the $5.1 million payday he received for American Crisis has anything to do with the nursing home cover-up, the Albany Times Union's Chris Churchill isn't buying it. Churchill points out the staggering irony that the book supposedly contains leadership lessons. Churchill asks, what kind of leader profits on the misery of others? Meanwhile, Governor Cuomo isn't just being investigated by the federal government. New York Attorney General Letitia James' investigation is ongoing, as is the State Assembly's impeachment inquiry. Before leaving town, both houses of the legislature passed a bill appropriating additional funding for the impeachment process. The legislature just left town this morning at about 4.25. I am recording on Friday morning, June 11th. The legislature has been out of town for just a few hours now, and I'll have a much more comprehensive report in next week's program. But something that I do want to tell you about that has been passed and is positive is the Nourish New York bill. It's passed both houses of the New York State Legislature. The bill, Senate 4892, sponsored by Senator Hinchy, and Assembly 5781, sponsored by Assemblywoman Cruz, would make the Nourish New York program permanent. Created on a temporary basis in response to COVID-19, the program provides food banks and emergency shelters with state funding to purchase fresh fruits, fresh vegetables, and dairy products. The Albany Times Union reports that since Nourish New York began over a year ago, 21 million pounds of surplus agricultural products have been directly purchased from more than 4,000 state farms and delivered to more than 1.3 million residents in need. According to Senator Michelle Hinchy, a Democrat from Saugerties and the bill's Senate sponsor, COVID-19 has caused New York's farmers to lose as much as 50% of their market due to restrictions on schools, restaurants, and hotels. And the program has become an important alternative revenue stream for the state's agricultural sector. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms continues to support the Nourish New York program because it benefits New York farmers in three ways. First, Nourish New York helps to supply food banks and emergency shelters, some of which are operated by churches and Christian charities, with fresh food. Food banks and shelters provide much-needed support to New Yorkers who experience food insecurity. Many such organizations have encountered increased need for their services because of the pandemic and its aftermath. Second, Nourish New York offers New York's farmers the chance to sell surplus products that they might not otherwise be able to sell. And third, Nourish New York reduces food waste. Also, the Nourish New York program is not government-centric. Rather, it empowers the agricultural sector and the nonprofit sector to work together in response to an urgent need. The Nourish New York bill passed the state Senate by a vote of 63 to 0 and passed the state assembly by a vote of 147 to 0. It is hoped that the bill will be enacted promptly. And finally, each June, Americans who self identify as lesbian, gay, bisexual, or transgender, celebrate LGBT Pride Month. LGBT Pride Month is held each June to commemorate the Stonewall Riots. In June of 1969, patrons of the Stonewall Inn, a homosexual bar in the Greenwich Village neighborhood of Manhattan, 
responded with mob violence to police officers who raided the establishment. Police abuse of homosexually oriented persons was not uncommon during that era, and the situation escalated until some officers took refuge in the Stonewall Inn to escape from the hundreds of rioters. The Stonewall riots are generally regarded as a pivotal moment in the gay rights movement in the United States. In past decades, it has been fairly easy for non-participants to steer clear of LGBT Pride Month activities. In 2021, however, it is hardly possible to avoid reminders of those activities. On June 1st, President Joe Biden proclaimed June 2021 as Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, and Queer Pride Month, calling upon the people of the United States to recognize the achievements of the LGBTQ community, to celebrate the great diversity of the American people, and to wave their flags of pride high. Also on June 1st, a rainbow flag symbolizing LGBT pride was raised at City Hall in Albany to mark the official kickoff of LGBT Pride Month. The Daily Signal noted that big corporations take steps to acknowledge LGBT Pride Month and added that there has been an uptick in brands targeting the marketing of their LGBTQ Pride Month products toward kids this year. Examples of the phenomenon include LGBT-themed Legos, rainbow-themed Disney products, Skittles Pride Packs, and LGBT Pride-themed Kellogg's cereal. Even Burger King is attacking Chick-fil-A over chicken sandwiches. How should Christians respond to the misguided phenomenon that is LGBT Pride Month? New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms recommends two excellent op-eds on this topic. Pride Month calls for a response of joyful truth from Christians, written by Andrew T. Walker for BaptistPress.com, and Thinking Biblically About a Pride Month, written by Joseph Backholm at FRCblog.com. Based on these helpful resources, we humbly offer the following suggestions. Avoid supporting or participating in LGBT Pride Month celebrations, recognizing that homosexual behavior contradicts God's creative design and should never be affirmed. Recognize that pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall, Proverbs 16.18, and that anyone who boasts should boast in the Lord, 1 Corinthians 1.31. And remember that as Walker puts it, God knit sexual design into the very fabric of creation, and it is our glad acceptance of that created order where humanity will prosper. Also, avoid reacting to manifestations of LGBT pride with hatred or self-righteousness, recognizing that we are all sinners saved by the grace of a merciful God and that all persons, regardless of their gender dysphoria, their sexual sin, or anything else, are bearers of the divine image. And pray for those who participate in LGBT Pride Month, asking the Lord to open their eyes to the love of Christ and to the truth of Scripture. You know, this morning as I was preparing to record this program, I woke up to find a text from a concerned Christian mom in my local school district. And it turns out that in that particular district, the superintendent was sending out an email notifying people of what was being shared in the announcements that morning. And it dealt with the Gay-Straight Alliance and what that school was sharing through the Gay-Straight Alliance about the various terms regarding LGBTQ+. On this particular day, 
the announcement was giving out the definitions of, well, words regarding to human sexuality and gender, and it really contradicted what the Bible said. And here's the point that I want to take away from this particular lesson. As we look at what's happening in public schools across the state, parents think that they will have control over their child's education. They believe that before this is taught in a health class or something else, that they will be notified. And rightfully so, if there is supposed to be sex ed taught in a school, parents should be able to opt out of that teaching. What parents don't realize is how much this Pride Month agenda and LGBT issues and all that goes along with it has permeated not just the month of June, but every area of education. So that even when your students are gathering in the morning to cite the Pledge of Allegiance, they are inundated with propaganda regarding the definition of things like pansexual and demigirl, and all sorts of other terms and ideas that are out there that run contrary to what the scripture teaches. And it's not enough that just the definition is offered, but the announcements say things such as this particular district that these are valid positions. In other words, they're giving credence to the idea that human sexuality can be something that contradicts what God's Word says. So parents, if you're going to put your children in the public school system, do so with eyes wide open. You will not be able to control everything they hear. Be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. You have been listening to the Albany Update, hosted by the Reverend Jason J. McGuire, Executive Director of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms. New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms exists to influence legislation and legislators for the Lord Jesus Christ. To learn more about this ministry, issues you've heard on the program, or to make a financial contribution in support of New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms, visit albanyupdate.com or call 585-225-2340. Additionally, you can mail correspondence to P.O. Box 107, Spencerport, New York, 14559. You can receive the latest legislative updates at facebook.com slash albanyupdate. Follow New Yorkers for Constitutional Freedoms on Twitter at Albany Update or sign up to receive the weekly Albany Update email by texting the word FREEDOM to 22828.